another episode of Miked Up brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. We are back, Mellow, myself, and Big Country, fresh off a trip from Nashville. I feel like today my voice is okay, but still maybe sounds a little bit different. We had ourselves one hell of a time. Thanks to the the crew at Lot J2, Mid-America RV, Matt Miller at the Draft Scout, all those people helping us out, getting us there, sponsoring us, and just having a damn old good time with us. It was. Like you said, we're fresh off a trip to Nashville, but we are not fresh. Voices are raspy. I mean, vocal cords are strained right now. I couldn't talk yesterday. Put me on the injury report. Yep. It's tough. This is the best I've sounded since uh, Thursday. Yeah. Um, I mean, last time my throat hurt so bad. Like vocal cords. People are going to be like, oh, your throat. Like, what'd you do, dude? Like, what happened? (laughs) Don't be nasty. A lot of singing. A lot of screaming. A lot of boot scooting. A lot of boot scooting and boogie. I'll tell you what. And like you said, screaming, like just like the wahoos, like that hurts to do right now. My vocal cords are like, hey, bub, let's not do that again. Um, and then just like it's being so loud that when you talk, you're pretty much yelling the whole time. Nashville, though, it's a blast. If you haven't been, make it happen. Like, it's one you of my favorite to. cities. And I know that, you know, in previous podcasts or people have heard me talk about Nashville before. I mean, I forgot how much I love that city. I forgot how much fun it was. I mean, it's been two years mm-hmm. since I went. Like the first time I went with you guys, like it was all new. And, like, fresh. And I had no idea where, like, anything was. And, granted, I really didn't last time. But I felt, like, mm-hmm. more comfortable. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I have more of an idea of where stuff is and, and how things work here, like, what to do. And it was just so much more enjoyable to go, like, to go into nudies and be like, yeah, this Which is going to be fun. Which is not a strip club, by the way. No. I know a lot of people get confused by that. It, it's referring to the suit, the, the, the type of suit that is there. But it, that is our favorite spot in Nashville. Matt and I have been going for years, so we'll take our annual trip there. Uh, this time we do it in the fall. We'll do it again next year in 2022, <laughs> actually. But it's, it's such a good time. And for people that are like, oh, I don't really like country music, they, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's cover bands everywhere. Yep. And they're going to have a lot of country music, clearly. But also, I mean, all genres of music. It's Oh, yeah. It's so fun. I'm so sore, though. Like, my legs, my knees, hips. I moved, shook a little too much ass. <laughs> did you? A little too Boy, much. Boy, I'll tell you what, you did. You and Matt. Like, it is <laughs> hilarious to see Matt on a dance floor. Because, I mean, once he gets going, there ain't no coming back. Homeboy is a, like, boost. You talk about boost, good, and boogie. He is getting down with it. I almost wish that there was a, a camera, like a GoPro or a body cam. I need to start wearing one. To watch, like, the progression because one, like I'll slowly dance, like I'll get warmed up to it. Yeah, for sure. I'm not embarrassed to do it. But then once, like the seals popped, I'm moving. I'm everywhere, <laughs> dude. I got to go to like I was at one point. I was at the front row, and when you see a six three guy in the front row of a cover band, and I'm still as tall as the singer, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of an issue. Like you tell the guy, I was like, man, like why is your ass in the front row? But I was having a grand old time, and they're like, this guy is going hard. This guy is going hard as a motherfucker right now. Mm-hmm. And they walk with me. I ended up leaving that bar with a guitar pick. <laughs> I think I, for, I forgot about that till last night. 
I was going through my wallet, like cleaning it out, make sure I had everything like still like what I need. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And uh, I was like, I forgot I got this. And it was because I was walking out and I was like, dude, good shit, boys. And they're like, hey, man, appreciate you. They told me, the band told me they appreciated me. The guy just dancing, uh-huh. tearing it up they on the They love that one. feedback. Oh, yeah. They love that feedback. And also got to run into our guy, JD, uh, yeah. on Sunday night, which was the first time I met him. Cool uh, big dude. shout out to him. Thanks for the beers, the drinks, and the conversation. But I, I think one thing that we know for sure, Nashville was undefeated this weekend. Sadly, some of that hurts us too. As two Kansas City Chiefs fans, one of the reasons that we were there, really like the bottom of the totem pole for me, like the least important thing, was Sunday for the Chiefs game. We did not have high hopes or expectations for the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Titans and it went even worse than what we both thought. Yeah. Just an absolute ass-kicking. If you're a Titans fan, you have to be feeling so good about what you've been doing recently. Like back-to-back weeks. Like you beat the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. at home, primetime game, and then you do the same thing to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, at no point in that game was it even close to being competitive. No, I mean, right from what the— What was the final score? 27-3? to 3? I don't even care, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But it was just—it was bad. Yeah, we left at halftime. That's how bad it was. Yep. Like, this is just It was terrible. 27. The stadium was pretty cool, though. Now, that was my first time in Nissan Stadium. Uh, obviously, we all posted, I feel like, the same picture of the we stadium. We all sat, like, together, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was cool to have that backdrop of the city and the stadium right there. I'd never seen that view from it before. But it was also, it was a pretty cool setup. It wasn't anything special. Yeah. That's for sure. That's kind of how I felt about it. And, like, Tennessee props was awesome. It was a good atmosphere. The one thing that I noticed, though, in just because we're used to Arrowhead, like the noise, like it would get loud in there, but it just it didn't match to Arrowhead. And like that, I remember talking about. It, I was like, man, do you notice how kind of like quiet it is? Yeah. And there would be spurts of like loudness, but I do think part of it was the fact that we were in a group of Chief fans. Like we were probably. in the away section where they had purchased a lot of tickets. Well, so. we were way up there too, though. Like that kind of added to the view. Yeah. Um. I know we, we took a lap around the stadium like right before halftime because the Chiefs were just getting annihilated. And I was like, hey, you just want to take a lap around the stadium, just kind of check it out. Maybe there's something cool we can see. Because like, when we were at Soldier Field a couple years ago, they have these giant bobbleheads and all this other memorabilia stuff. That I was like, oh, I kind of wish I would got to see more of that. Um, and then like you get like a, a city view, too, of Chicago when you go to one part of the stadium that you can exit from. So I was like, maybe Tennessee has something like that here, like Nissan Stadium does. So I asked you that, and you say yes. And then about as we're a quarter way around this thing, I'm like, man, there is nothing here. But it's too late to turn back around. So I had you follow me all the way around that stadium. And I know you probably hated it because I did too after one point. But there was one part that I thought was really cool. And it kind of hit me when we were on one of the back end zones. And you look up and they have like a live performer during halftime. It's like a live concert right then. It was really Mm -hmm. cool. And then I started noticing, I was like, man, the Chiefs are just getting their ass kicked. But it was so cool getting to see everyone at a football game again. You know, that was like a big-time performer, too. Yeah. I can't remember what her name was. Danielle. I don't Danielle know Danielle Bradbury. Name. Yep. Uh, is who it was because we'd done a little bit of tailgating. Yep. Uh, so, at that point, I was still feeling it a little bit. But I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's a legitimate yeah. performer. That's not just like, oh, here's someone you've never heard of before. Oh, they're really talented. Yeah. No, it's like, oh, I've heard you on the radio. I <laughs> yeah. know who you are. And she also so Oh, for sure. <laughs> like the point of view we had, I was like, dang, girl, like you get it, girl. But like I was saying, like, it was so cool to like hit a point of walking around and just seeing everyone having a good time. Like Chiefs fans and Titans fans, everyone smiling and enjoying it. And it was like one of those times moments where like it clicked for me. It was like, we're back. 
Like everyone's getting to be like out and about, kind of doing their thing. As a society. Yes, Not exactly. as a football team. 100% <laughs> not back, just like Texas too. But it's just – it was so cool to see that. And I realized that about kind of walking through the stadium. I was like, all right, let's get this walk over with because that was a cool moment. My legs hurt. It's getting kind of hot. I'm done. Yeah. And then look at the scoreboard. Chiefs still haven't scored. And, you know, uh, one thing that I've always kind of taken note of is like what the home crowd is like to opposing fans. Sometimes at Arrowhead, it's absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I, we had no problems with Titans fans. You did. I did not have a single problem with the Titans fan. Oh, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I had a problem, but there was a lot of like the. I mean, I guess you're gonna get the same thing at Arrowhead anywhere, but a lot of that like tighten up or like, ooh, bad day, huh? And I was like, yeah, man, like no shit. Mm-hmm. You guys are kicking our ass, Derrick Henry. I mean, and like that's the thing. Like I know you have it here on the rundown. Like, what's wrong with the Chiefs? That's a great question. I think I have an answer. They can't keep the freaking football on offense. Uh, yeah, turnovers have just been terrible. I mean, like, and we, the first person we gotta look at is Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and I think he knows that. He's aware of it. But at the same time, it's like, man, you gotta just, you gotta learn to throw the ball away. Like, you gotta pull, you gotta find that Aaron Rodgers part of your game where you get rid of it. Yeah. You can't keep playing here ball. Like the interception that he had trying to force it to Josh Gordon, we both looked at each other and was like, Gordon was nowhere near open, like yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, and even the fumble, like you're running for a first down, like man, take the slide, tuck yeah. that thing away. And I think that was another play. I think it was more of just like a good play by Bayard on that. I do too, but like, it, but again, a yeah, fumbles a fumble. If I'm going to count fumbles against Daniel Jones and be like, man, this guy's got to take care of the football, then I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't call out 100 you know, the quarterback of my favorite team too. A turnover is a turnover, and you know, even if it is a good play, I've seen a lot of guys you know come in and punch the ball. And it not results in a fumble. So yeah. for me, a fumble is a fumble, and interceptions an interception. Even if the D back just you know comes completely out of the screen and makes it a phenomenal catch, it still goes against the quarterback. And yeah. turnovers have become an issue. And I do think with Mahomes, and there's you know a little bit of a relationship there, but he's like doing everything that he can to keep this team in the fight. Mm-hmm. So he is he's playing that hero ball. I I put a lot of the blame on the rest of the team and still on the defense. There is no fight in that defense for Kansas City at all. And, you know, the offensive line has really struggled. I know a lot of people were very excited about the new starting five. Like mm-hmm. Mike Rimmers is back in there starting at right tackle. I think he's looked terrible. Orlando Brown Jr., I was very cautious about that trade when it went down. Same here. And I'm not loving it. No, and like – Everyone looks at it as like, oh, like what was so different about this in Baltimore? And I think a lot of it is just the way that Lamar Jackson played quarterback benefited or just maybe masked some of the issues that Orlando Brown Jr. has. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a bold statement here to say that Lamar Jackson is more athletic than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And uh, it maybe a little bit better of evading uh, pass rushers so that maybe that's what happened. And I'm not like an offensive line expert. But I know that when you're getting you know a lot of pressure to your quarterback from the you know, left side of the offense, mm-hmm. you got to look at the left tackle. And with Orlando Brown, I think he's been okay. He hasn't hasn't been like terrible. It's not like the Super Bowl where he, yeah. you know Mahomes just got his ass kicked. But I I don't know. I don't want the Chiefs to pay him left tackle money. Like that's what he wants. Yep. Is like I want to be a franchise left tackle, which is fantastic if you're playing like a franchise left tackle. Yeah, and I but think he's not. And I do wonder if any of it is like the back. 
like the the drop back of Patrick Mahomes because I mean he does take like a drop back of like ten fucking yards, yeah. and then he climbs up and then zings it across the field. It, and with Schwartz and Fisher, I felt like they were good about allowing a pass rusher to take themselves out of the play, and then sticking with them when they tried to come back in. And I think with Orlando Brown Jr., it's almost like the way watching the game live. I haven't gone back and really watched a lot of tapes this year. It feels like once they go by him, he thinks they're out of the play. And then Patrick Mahomes does the whole scramble to one way, and guess what? That person's not being blocked anymore, and they're the one getting the sack or the yep. sack fumble or making an impact and hitting Mahomes. And it's like, dude, you got to stick with that because you never know where Mahomes is. And that's what Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz were so good at. Yeah, and I, I think there's something to learning how to protect your quarterback too. Because with Mahomes, he'll climb the pocket a little bit, but for the most part, you know, he's he's backing out. He's running out of the mm-hmm. pocket uh, the reverse way. So I think maybe there is something to like the, okay, I need to get this guy. I can't just push him out of the play this direction or there's yeah. going to be a chase down sack like we saw yesterday or Sunday, whatever yep. today is, uh, like we it saw Sunday. Tuesday, your birthday, October 26th. That is correct. We haven't even got that. Happy birthday. You We're this far I, into the episode, and I haven't even said a happy birthday. Today is Marshall Miller's birthday, Yeah, 34. You know, I love it when I get attention from You do. I, I know you don't know what to do with your hands right now, but happy birthday, man. I hope you have um, a great day. You deserve it. You're a great human being. I appreciate it. You enjoy Back it. To he more still football. doesn't know what to do. <laughs> I just don't like attention. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I am the youngest of four. I got plenty of attention. Yeah, you did. Growing up. And I also, um, I hate birthday people. I hate it. I hate them so much. Like, so, the, it's my birthday? It's my, like, the people that tell you it's their birthday. Yeah. You're a shitty person if you tell someone it's your birthday. <laughs> if they ask or if it naturally comes up in mm-hmm. conversation, fine. Be like, yeah, here's my birthday. Although, I have lied about when my birthday is before. My first year of teaching, um, I was still, like, getting to know everybody that I was working with. And it was about two days before my birthday. And they're like, when is your birthday? And I lied and said, oh, it was last month. And wow. they're like, oh, we're so sorry we missed it. And I thought, oh, dodge that bullet. And I kid you not, the next day the principal comes around the corner and is like, what are you doing for your birthday tomorrow? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, not only have I lied, <laughs> now you know when my birthday is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but thank you. I do appreciate the happy birthdays. I'm just not, I'm not like bitter towards birthdays. Although it kind of comes across that way. Like, I appreciate people. Like, you bought me a Dr. Pepper this morning. That was fantastic. Nice little surprise. Yep. I'm just never going to be one of those people who's like, you know, it's my birthday. Yeah. Or if you have ever said it's my birthday month or week and expected something, (laughs) you do not belong in my life. (laughs) That's how strong I will go to say that. Like, if you want to get excited about your birthday, cool. No hate there. But if you start to, like, expect things from people to where you're getting disappointed about, like, yeah. oh, my, eh, my birthday sucks, screw off. It's another day on the calendar. Yep. You get one every year. What about it's the person special. whose birthday was yesterday or tomorrow? Right. Are you going to celebrate them? Probably not. Exactly. I did a thing one year on Facebook or every day. I was like, whose birthday is it? And I told them. I told every single person for a whole year, happy birthday. And then when it came time for my birthday, I was like, some of these motherfuckers didn't even respond. Not that I cared, but it was like I put in all that effort. Like it was just one of those deals. Like I was almost like a challenge myself for whatever stupid ass reason. I was like, I'm gonna do this. And then I was like, okay, hey, that was really dumb. Because really, you don't care. It's a Facebook message. What mm-hmm. meaning does it have? 
Yeah. Some people it does. Some I did have one of our listeners Venmo me uh, money and was like, hey, happy birthday. Go have a couple beers on me. Ooh. I appreciate the hell out of that. Thanks, Devin. Uh, <laughs> that was a good move. Solid move. Did Devin get a call this weekend? <laughs> Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did, uh, we did make some phone calls to some followers, some listeners over the weekend, which was fun. It you really know? was, yeah. I'm not going to answer my phone if somebody calls at 3 a.m., but I'll tell you, I know who to call now. <laughs> if I'm ever in trouble at 3 a.m., there are a lot of people that will pick up the phone. Yep, and if they don't, they'll message you. What was the time that you kind of figured out? Was it like 8 or 9? Like everyone yeah, messages Everyone you? wakes up around 9 o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> we were, you know, in Nashville, had a couple drinks, for those of you who don't know or follow us closely on Twitter. Had a couple drinks, and then around 3 a.m., started making some phone calls just to check in on friends. I see yeah. that stuff on Facebook all the time. Say, hey, check in on your friends. See if they're well. Let them know you love them. Yeah. And I happened to do that at 3 a.m. on like a late Friday night, I guess, to say that. Early, early Saturday morning. Yep. And then everyone in my contacts that I had called, all of them at 9 a.m., just six hours later, not enough sleep started texting me back like hey bro you good or amazing voicemail that you left me last night <laughs> i even had one guy uh reply that like because of this i cleared out my voicemail so that now people can actually leave me voicemails <laughs> who knows when it will happen again uh, you got to be up late we also talked to uh, another guy I, I don't remember his name we tweeted it out there drop mm, a number we'll yep. call you we did uh but it was it was a great time uh, definitely had in nashville if you haven't been there before Check it out. I'm sure we'll be back soon. All right, let's drop some of those wonderful sponsors that we have. Go visit our guys at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. I love their no reserve auctions. You can get on there, put in a bid, track it. It's almost like it's exciting like betting or even like sports. It's like, okay, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. <laughs> and then even the like highs and lows of like, oh, I'm going to have to put in another bid. It's exciting. So go check them out at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. What else is exciting is looking good for the ladies, gentlemen. Go to minersandmonroe.com. Use code MIKEDUP10. Update your wardrobe. Fall is here, y'all. Be looking your best again with minersandmonroe.com. We got you covered with a 10% off discount at MIKEDUP10. Yeah, it is fall, just so we're all clear. Yeah. Sometimes it gets confusing when you're driving to Nashville and you're like, man, this place would be beautiful in the fall. Yeah. This place would be more beautiful when the leaves change. That's there what, we go. That's what should have came out of our mouth. <laughs> Definitely visit those great sponsors, <laughs> though. And I did want to talk about this. We were traveling yesterday, so we didn't get to, but it was definitely a hot topic, is the Tom Brady situation. First off, the fact that he's the only person to ever have 600 touchdowns is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's just another one of those big accomplishments. I honestly don't think that we appreciate what we're seeing enough with Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, it's... I feel like we always say that about something, right? Like, even, like, with LeBron James or, like, mm -hmm. you know, a historical game, like, we're watching a no-hitter. It's like, man, this is just isn't being appreciated enough. Well, it's hard to in the moment because a lot of people don't realize exactly what's going on. Like, sometimes that a situational awareness isn't there. Like, yeah. A.J. Brown, we watched that game Sunday, right? He had eight catches, like, 130 yards. I don't think we were aware of how great of a – I mean, we saw, like, the moments of it and spurts of it. It was like, okay, that was a good play. There it is again. But, like, when you see Tom Brady playing, it's like we're just so used to him being good 
that once these big accomplishments comes, it's like, well, yeah, this is just what he does. He's a good football player. Mm-hmm. Like this was like almost we almost like expected this. In reality, like no, none of us do. We don't expect no. anyone to get six hundred touchdowns in an NFL career and still be playing at like almost a peak level at forty four, forty five years old. Yeah, and I'm old enough to remember like obviously like the height of the Jordan era. I saw that uh, earlier today, actually, was the day that he debuted in the NBA. Michael Jordan uh, was today. No but, shit on your birthday? Mm-hmm. But I saw, like, I lived through that mm-hmm. and uh, at the height of it. And I can remember people talking about his greatness. I mean, from very early on. But then also looking at the NFL side and being like, we'll never see anything like this yeah. in the NFL. It's just, it's too hard uh, to win that many championships. It's too hard to be that dominant. That even when Jerry Rice was doing it, it was like, okay, this doesn't really compare to what Jordan's doing, but like this might be the closest that we're ever going to get. Yeah. Or people looking at Joe Montana and saying, like, he's the greatest of all time. Like, you're not going to be able to get better than what he's doing. And then here's Tom Brady, like, actually doing it, winning more Super Bowls and, you know, getting all these career stats now. And a part of it is longevity. I don't know that he's ever been, like, the big dominant player. Yeah. But longevity uh, might be more impressive because he's been doing – he's been so consistent for so long that I really – I don't think that he's getting the credit that he needs. Like, everybody has, like, deemed him the GOAT, Mm -hmm. whatever. But honestly, pretty big slap in the face that we've put anyone else in that conversation, including Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. To even, like, remotely get close to those expectations – is unfair to guys like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers to even say they're remotely close to what Tom Brady is doing. Like 600 touchdowns. No one in NFL history has ever done that before. All the Super Bowls, absolutely amazing. And then on Sunday, throws, like I said, for his 600th passing touchdown. And poor Mike Evans, just celebrating like he usually would, gives that football to a fan in the stands, not knowing it was the 600th ball. And then, of course, what everybody is talking about now is, would you give the football back? Would you hold on to it, or what would you want? I think it is really cool that the fan gave the football back. Hats off to you, man. My ass is keeping it, and I'm <laughs> selling it on the open market for I think he could get you know easily $500,000. Yep. I heard like Dan Patrick minimum. talking yesterday about like Tom Brady's first touchdown pass Went for around like four hundred and some thousand dollars, and this dude gave it back. He got some cool stuff like two signed jerseys, a replacement game ball. Uh, Tom Brady said last night on Monday Night Football he's going to give him a Bitcoin. Like that means nothing to me, but I mean it's cool. He's getting a Bitcoin. It's not five hundred thousand dollars though. It might be more at some point. Yeah, like, you gotta hold Bitcoin, on to it. I think. Oh, absolutely! You're gonna hang on to that, yeah. How much is Bitcoin? Yeah, but like, how long are you gonna hold on to it for to make sure it hits five hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean, it's sixty two thousand. It's worth sixty two thousand dollars right now. Mm-hmm. So pretty nice. Yeah, it was really cool of Tom yeah. Brady to do that because he didn't have to do. Here's the thing: anything. It's only one. Why didn't you give him seven? <laughs> right. Why didn't you give him six? Mm-hmm. Yeah, six hundred. Give him one for every Super Bowl or something yeah. like that. I, I did hear him say also that the dude, like, he's maybe not that happy that he gave away the game ball. And if he's anything like me, and he's at a game, he's probably had a few drinks, and he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll give it back to you. Like, yeah, it's whatever." I wonder how many people even knew like this is the six hundredth ball. Clearly, Mike Evans didn't know. Yeah. That's I wonder at point. the time if the fan even knew, like, okay, this is something really special. 
or it's just like, oh shit, you can give me all this stuff if I give you this ball back. Yeah, sure, I think like no problem. Really, we're we're looking at the fan going like, oh man, like can't believe you gave the ball back. Why don't we talk about the guy who went and got the ball and talked him into just being like, hey, give it. Like, there's no way you go up there and be like, hey, this is Tom Brady's 600th touchdown. Mm-hmm. Give me the ball back. No, you got to be like, hey man, that ball is going to be like special to Tom. He wants that one back. I Evans accidentally like, gave you it. You know, the Tom crap. Brady likes to keep every. Every touchdown pass, uh, what what are the odds of we getting that ball back? You know, like, yeah. I'll give you two signed Tom Brady jerseys. The, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Could just undersell, undersell the whole thing until you get that football back. But, I mean, good for the fan, but I, I would have kept it if I would have known what it was. Yeah, and he's getting tickets to every game yeah, he's a season ticket this year for the rest and of the next year. Yeah. So, it's like, that's He did bad. get a lot. Yeah. And so I, I don't know that he's going to be, like, disappointed. But it does kind of suck. Yeah. I remember, like, getting rid of things earlier than I should. Or even, like, trading cards. And like, oh, yeah, I'll, sure, I'll trade you this guy for that guy. And then it coming back to be like, oh, shit, I should have done that. <laughs> it's still, like, that even still eats me up. So I giving away the 600 touchdown pass is probably going to eat him, especially when he sees it, like, if it gets sold uh, ever or I don't know like uh, apparently Tom Brady has it back so it's probably not going to hit the open market <laughs> yeah unless Brady's like you know what screw it I'll, I'll sell it for four bitcoin <laughs> or whatever it is that, <laughs> that he wants back for it. but Brady doesn't even need the money off of it no he would just I mean, rather have the ball and I think that's like it's kind of what he said too it's just like this ball you know is like it's going to be a little special it's like usually I don't really I believe that's kind of how he went about it I was like I don't really keep everything but like this one has some more meaning to it. This one's going to be special, so I definitely wanted that one. And, like, yep. for Mike Evans, though, to be just on a sideline and be just caught on panic. camera, I gave it away. Like, oh, my God, I uh-huh. did. Like, yeah. that one of all balls. You that see I it at away. baseball games all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, a guy's first home run or his first hit or something like that. I know I saw one uh, this season where it was, like, the guy's first strikeout or something. I think it might have even been the Royals. Mm-hmm. And the first baseman ends up getting the ball and like throws it to the crowd and then it's like, oh shit, that was <laughs> that was his ball. I was supposed to keep that one for him. You see it all the time. In football, it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. You don't see very many footballs end up in the stands. I, I'll tell you though, like if like a ball was kicked to the stands and I catch it, even I'm not just giving it back. No, like I I would like to have an NFL ball that's used in the game. Like, yeah, like, I don't know dope. what the policy is on that one, but like if I catch a ball, if I find one, I'm keeping it. I feel like once players players are fine for giving away a football. Like I think it's a thousand dollars. No shit, a thousand. Yeah, I, I believe. Let me look real quick. Yeah, I I know there is something. And you know, anytime a ball is kicked into the stands, uh, you even see the guys. Like if it doesn't hit the field goal net, you see like the guys are like, "Hey, need that ball back." You're gonna have to walk up to me and tell me why. It's not just gonna be as easy as like, "Hey, we need that ball back." <laughs> okay, I need to put it on the shelf behind me. So what are we what are we doing here? Everything's negotiated with that one, but uh, I I don't know. If I'm that fan, I probably would have held on to the ball. I definitely would have held on to it if I'd known what it was. Oh, but yeah. But I, I really don't think very many people probably knew what it was. Clearly, like I said, Mike Evans had no idea. Brady I, maybe does. I don't know if he's keeping track. If he knows, like, hey, I'm at 599, and it gets the 600th. I don't know if he's. I wonder if he knew how close he was because, I mean, he threw fucking four touchdowns that game. But uh, from what I'm seeing here, the NFL doesn't find 
NFL players are fined $5,250 when they throw or punt a football into the stands because of issues of crowd safety. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> crowd safety. Now, uh, more NFL news that like, I wanted to get. Pay attention to the game. Like, you're just going to be looking sideways and taking a ball to the face. Yeah. No, players are usually making sure it's handed off to you. Right. Uh, the news, the big news of last week that everybody was, like, talking about and I feel like we did a pretty good job of saying, hey, let's pump the brakes on this one. Yeah. We've heard this before. Deshaun Watson was supposed to be traded last week. That's what we heard. That's so what like, we said. So, like, can we call people out that say, like, oh, a Deshaun Watson trade could happen this week? Yeah, it could happen any week. Uh, but, you know, everybody was talking about it. What would it be? What would it look like? The Dolphins were, like, the team. It's like, oh, it's going to be Miami. Now they're – rumblings that like the Panthers are going to be in on it yeah I just don't know if it's going to happen I, and you know I know there's a lot of excitement anytime you see a big name quarterback like this even rumored to be traded and then of course the allegations against him also kind of bring more attention to it as well I don't think that it's going to happen so I'm not going to going to get excited about any Deshaun Watson trade rumors until I see a tweet that says he has been traded yeah and it's going to have to be from Schefter, oh. or, you know, Rappaport. I'm not just being like, oh, John McClain, who's a tight uh, Texas Not the fucking Houston reporter. Chronicle or whatever yeah, it's no, called. No, I'm sorry. I, had, I, I think the guy probably does a great job at his job. But I also <laughs> think he's probably getting used by someone in the organization to say, hey, let's ramp this up. Yeah. Let's see if we can get some more offers in for Deshaun Watson. Let's rumor Miami and let's try to get the Panthers interested. That's just the way things happen. And boy, they might be now. I mean, you bench Sam Darnold for PJ Walker and then say Sam Darnold's our starting quarterback for here the rest of the year. Well, then don't be fucking Matt Rule trying to be like, oh, we just thought we'd give another spark to the team. You're losing to the Giants. The spark's already gone. You're not just going to restart it all of a sudden. I mean,. Yeah, what what's your plan there? Like, I know that like maybe Sam Darnold is playing really poorly, so you want to give him a break and just be like, you know what, today's not your day. Yeah, uh, go to the bench. Maybe that's what you do. But also, he has not played well, and we've talked about it numerous times here on the show. Of like, we both were kind of wanting to see what would happen with him, see if he could be good. He's not going to be good. I and think. Lo and if, behold, I was excited. Thought if, he would be. But. If anything, he's just going to be like a. a really solid career backup or like that Ryan Fitzpatrick type that's, uh, you know, a bridge quarterback. I don't think Sam Darnold can be your franchise quarterback in the NFL. He's just not good. And that was, you know, my QB one from that draft class. Guys like you know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. I had Sam Darnold one. So that's a, a huge giant miss on my part. But I, I think it's time. Like I would even maybe explore PJ Walker and see what he can do. Uh, for a game or two because it's clearly not going to be Sam Darnold. And maybe, you know, you want to try to bring in a guy like Deshaun Watson. I think that, again, if he's clear to play, he's going to be fantastic. And if he does land with the Carolina Panthers, they are going to be fantastic. And maybe that's a situation where the Texans do say, okay, we're getting you out of the AFC. Yeah. Go back to South Carolina or North Carolina, Carolina talk. Yes, sir. And Those are two separate states. Uh-huh, they are. I did ask the question, what's the difference between these two states in terms of the way people live, the landscape, uh-huh. things to do, and no one fucking responded. So guess what? There's nothing. You might as well just be fucking called Carolina. Well, I mean, it's probably like Missouri and Kansas. Like, really, what's the difference? 
Kansas is flat. flat as hell, yeah, and boring. <laughs> yeah, and people that live there are weird. What's the difference in Missouri and Iowa? I don't know if there's one. Iowa's all corn, dog. Have you been to Missouri? I have, but like we got more than corn. Like <laughs> Iowa is corn. Iowa is number one in like. Missouri's got to be top five. They're not. I think they're number two or three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not that different. They're up there. No one would be like driving through Missouri. And I think then it get goes, to Iowa and be like, oh, this is really different. I know it's like Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri. Like I know it's like because mm-hmm. right Nebraska is Cornhusker State. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Nebraska Cornhuskers is the university. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never put that together. Yeah, Cornhuskers, Corn Harvest, yeah. Yeah. Husk uh, the corn. Anyway. It's what you do, yeah. The, Fun fact. The Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah. I do think if they could land Deshaun Watson. I, I don't know if he plays this year, but I think that all the news from last week of, oh, yeah, we could see a Deshaun Watson trade this week. I do think that was the organization using a member of the media to try to get more teams interested to try to push teams like the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers to say, oh, hey, Miami's talking. If we went in on this, we got to get in right now. Yeah. And it, it sucks because even with, you know, McLean, you get information and you want to run with it. But it's not always accurate is the crazy thing. That so many members of the media get used in this very, like, political behind-the-scenes and it does kind of stink that he is, like, at this point in his career, where he is, like, very well-respected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy's so good. He's the dude here. He's always had a plug-in with the Texans. And now it's like, now you're just, like, the talking uh-huh. horse. Now and you're I, just the guy you can't trust. It sucks, but, like, I go back to the offseason when he was like, I'm more likely to be the next head coach of the Texans than Deshaun Watson being traded. <laughs> and, again, like, also good for him, though, to be like, okay, I got more information. I'm going to change my – yeah. Point of view. Yeah. Because I do hate people that are just so like, I'm going down with the ship. <laughs> I'm too stubborn to change what I was thinking. I'll never admit that I was wrong. I'll sink with this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, good for you to change your perspective and like get more information on it. But it is, it's so annoying. I'm, I'm pretty done with the Deshaun Watson stuff. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like once, it, once it's officially reported that he's been traded, that's kind of when I want to talk about it again. Yeah, same. And then a little bit more news, but this one in the college football world is that Carson Palmer yesterday, I believe, was on with Dan Patrick and started mentioning names for like who could who could be the next coach at USC where he went to school. Clearly, it named a lot of the guys that we all know, but then the last one that he named was Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and his name could be in the mix. I guess if you if you're USC. Swing big. Yeah. Make the phone call. I think he's a phenomenal coach, and I think that he could do a really good job recruiting if he wanted to. Yeah. Because he, he seems like a, a really good players coach where everybody respects him, clearly knows the X's and O's. I just don't know that he would want to do that, that part. A lot of people do not want to recruit. Yeah. And, I mean, it is interesting because, I mean, what, the Steelers have had three coaches in their entire, like, franchise history? Yeah, over the last, like, yeah, 100 years. Yeah, which is something to be very prideful of, and they've all won Super Bowl, so that's even better. But the thing is, like, Tomlin, like, do you want your heir to be over in Pittsburgh, or do you kind of want to be – do you want to help rebuild it too? Like, you're – you got young – you got a younger defense who's full of studs. Yeah. You got some playmakers on offense. You're dealing with a beat-up O-line that's kind of in a rebuild process too, and a quarterback who should have retired, like, three years ago. I think that's what makes it really interesting because – 
most years when you looked at a guy like Tomlin, it would be like, clearly he's not leaving the NFL. Yeah. Now he's going to have to reset with a new quarterback. And who is it going to be? Is it going to be like if, if he's getting Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, he's probably going to be okay with staying in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's built a really good thing there. But all, now that he is going to have to replace Big Ben, if they're doing it through the draft, it's like if he's rebuilding this team, then maybe he would say, all right, I'm going to take a look at USC, yeah. which Southern California is absolutely beautiful. So I get wanting to go there. I just don't know that he's going to want to take on those responsibilities of a college coach. We've seen other guys just not want to do it. But we have seen USC before bring in a guy like Pete Carroll and have a lot of success there at that level. But, I mean, college football is so new. I mean, now you are dealing with you know kids making money to where it's not free agency, but it's also I can recruit and you know pitch you on. Would that make recruiting maybe a little easier for a guy like Tomlin? Probably. You'd be like, hey, this is the money you're going to make, dude. You're going to be making NFL rookie money right here. Yeah. All you got to do is just play football. Mm-hmm. But it, it just it goes back to that. Does he want to do that part? Yeah. I don't like – I wouldn't like recruiting. I love college football, but I think it would be so hard. Yeah. Have I mean, you'd kiss be the so ass st- of these 17- and 18-year-olds. And just be so stressed about it the whole time mm-hmm. and dealing with, you know, the travel logistics of it. I mean, here's another name that came up, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Any Any stock in that. <laughs> Yeah, from Jeff Fisher. Of course, he's interested. <laughs> of course, he wants that job. That's where he played college football. Uh, that I think it would be a terrible hire. You think I, so? I think his name's been rumored in a couple other college jobs before, and it feels like every time the USC job comes open that people talk about him. I I wouldn't. No coming home it, party for old Jeff. Not Fisher. if I'm USC. If I'm a lower level school, maybe I take a run at him. Like if I'm Texas Tech who just fired their coach. Maybe I make a run at Jeff Fisher and see if he can do it in college football. I've never looked at Jeff Fisher and been like, yeah, that guy's going to be able to recruit in college. He seems like... A lot of players respected him in the NFL, though, right? Like, he was kind of viewed as a player's coach. Ten years ago. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Because I remember watching Hard Knocks, and, like, every time a player was released, he met with every single one of them and told them. Yeah. Kind of the reasoning. I think a lot of players respected that. So that's kind of my mindset of, like, well, maybe he might work in the college realm, but at the same time, it's... I, I mean, feel these like high school kids don't know who Jeff Fisher is. Yeah, they don't. They are not going to remember. That him. might like maybe a handful. I was going to say more. that might benefit him. Be like, hey, yeah, until I went they to Google Super it, and he's yeah. like, ah, oh, seven and nine, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, don't look, don't look at me as seven and nine, nine and seven. Uh huh. I, I, maybe it would help that some of these kids don't necessarily know them, but he could be like, yeah, I coached Eddie George, Steve McNair. Uh, but I don't know that it would work out. <laughs> If I'm USC or a USC fan, I would be pretty upset if the coach you land is Jeff Fisher. Especially when you have guys like James Franklin out there. Who if you're USC, who, interested. who do you want? You're the AD president of USC. Mm-hmm. You have the boosters full permission to hire whoever you want. Your guy, Marshall Miller, it's your birthday. You get to go pick the guy. Because that's who, relevant to the it scenario. Is. It is. This is your birthday present. You get to uh-huh. pick the future of USC. Mm-hmm. Who is it? After long consideration, much thought, I would go after Nick Saban. <laughs> really? Oh, are you fucking kidding me? US, you think USC is going to be able to pull Nick Saban? Absolutely not, but that's my first phone call. <laughs> that's Every <fair>. time. <laughs> you know, LSU. If I'm LSU, where's my first phone call? To fucking Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> because I'm going to make him say no. Just like, you know, Texas a couple years ago. Uh, it's like they were going after him. Really, probably not a chance, but I'm going to try. 
I'm going to at least make that phone call or Wait. I'm going to find his agent and be like, hey. See if you, you can kind of get his curiosity. Uh-huh. And with if LSU. If you can pique his curiosity, maybe you have his attention. Yeah, with LSU, I'm going to pitch him on the homecoming. Hey, it's been great what you've done there in Alabama. Come finish your career at LSU. Kind of where things started for you. How much you paid him? Unlimited. And what's he getting paid now? Like 12? 10. 10? Yep. Unlimited. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> amounts of money. I'm firing so many faculty members and presidents. And I guess you are the president. Now. We have completely lost our department of arts. <laughs> like, yeah. It is gone. Uh-huh. That is now the Nick Saban yeah. department. Uh, the department of education that we had no longer. Now it's the department of football. <laughs> and, but the thing with LSU is like money's not going to be an issue there because coach O was making like 9.7 and Nick Saban was making 10. So it's, they could offer him and make him keep him the highest paid coach, but I would I would make him say no, and if I, as soon as he hangs up on me, uh, then I would turn to like a guy like James Franklin. It kind of seems like maybe he's ready to move on from there. And I, and guys like Dabo Sweeney have been rumored to LSU. I don't know that he would take that USC job. He kind of seems like he likes the Southeast, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. I honestly, I would make a run at Lincoln Riley as well. Ooh, that would be good, actually. Yeah, I know that I, I hate the Oklahoma Sooners, but I'm not dumb. Uh, he's a very good coach. He can recruit. Uh, I would look at him and see if he wants to get out of Norman uh, because that would also benefit me yep. as a Texas fan. What about a guy like Bill O'Brien? I mean, he's been a former NFL coach. Mm-hmm. We saw him at Penn State kind of, re- you know. Yeah, I don't know that, that he's going to be hot in the streets of this. University, excuse me coaching carousel but I, I think another year at Alabama and he will be I've seen it before yeah Lane Kiffin Steve Sarkeesian Bill O'Brien will be the next one and I think he's good at college football I think I've talked about it or maybe I was writing about it if James Franklin leaves Penn State I'm probably going to give Bill O'Brien a call and be like hey <laughs> there's no more scandal here there's no more <laughs> scholarship uh, restrictions come continue to build this thing like you were because he did a really good job at Penn State and then left for the NFL where he kind of always wanted to be and now that he's back in the college football world he might look at that situation and say I don't want to go back to the NFL I think I could be really good here enough on Penn State I probably would call a guy like Bill O'Brien also in the mix for you should be Club 609 go visit them in downtown Joplin Missouri if you're anywhere remotely close to the area stop in for their great two-for-one drink specials $2 draft pours for happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock. And also on Saturdays, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. Uh, I know you are a big fan of happy hour. Uh, oh, I definitely am. And You buy uh, their shirts. Oh, I mean, just it's the best. Mm-hmm. Why be happy hour and you can be happy day? Exactly. Every hour is happy when I'm around. Bada boom, bada bing. But next up, downtownloop.com. Be sure to visit them. If you're in the Joplin area and you're going to 609 for some drinks, why don't you go ahead and drop your car off here at Downtown Lube. Get your oil changed. Get your tires checked. Kind of just have your car evaluated. They'll pride themselves on getting you in and out on the same day. Mark, Edder, and the boys will take good care of you. Again, downtownloop.com, located right here in Joplin, Missouri on Main Street. And first, visit them at downtownloop.com for the full list of services. That's where I took my truck on Thursday. It definitely is. Had to get the oil changed in it. Knew where to go. Uh, was in and out and probably, no, the times are different. Mm-hmm. I, I was in and out in probably 45 minutes. Your truck. My truck was done in probably 12 to 15 minutes. <laughs> but we stood there 
talking a lot. Mark Eddie's got some great stories. He does. He's a fun time to talk to. So help uh, support some of our great local sponsors too. Uh, so many of these guys that we do partner with are just such good dudes uh, from, you know, the guys at Mid-America RV. I know there are a lot of other RV companies out there. I'll tell you, you won't find one as great as our guy, Josh Smoots. And so it's always good to support good companies and good people, as well as Mike Winkle at Gunspot, Davey mm-hmm. at Miners and Monroe. Uh, you get Steve at 609, uh, 609 Mark at Downtown Lube, yep. uh, Tustin at Roper Kia. Those are great local sponsors, mm-hmm. but they're also great people. So it's always great to sponsor uh, good people to know where your money's going and to people that will take care of you. So we really appreciate all of our local sponsors too, because I mean, we were a local radio show not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And we're curious what would happen when we brought, if we wanted to do a podcast and all of our great sponsors that did stick with us, uh, we do definitely appreciate them. But also I know that our listeners will, because they're great people as well. But let's move on to a little bit of baseball talk because the World Series is tonight. And it was really cool to be in Nashville. It, it's cool to be in Nashville for certain events, uh, usually there for March Madness. I, I can remember watching, you know, the number one seed Virginia team lose to a 16 seed <laughs> while in Nashville. Like That's a memory that's always going to be with me because it was so exciting to see that whole city. Like, oh, my gosh, like we're kind of all paid, paying attention to what's going on here. On Saturday night, we went to the Ryman, which is a historical event center uh, to watch yeah. Yeah, Jason Isbell, which was really cool. And even, you know, some of the guys that we were talking to, like, that's so cool that that was your first time at the Ryman, that yeah. it wasn't, you know, just something else. It wasn't like a stand-up comedian. It, it was a good performer. But also seeing, like, so many Braves fans, mm-hmm. like, watching the game yeah. at the Ryman to watch Jason Isbell. But I get it because I, I remember how excited I was when the Royals clinched. And it was like, holy shit, they're going to the World Series. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. And Nashville's like a Braves. It's a brave city. It, yeah, I definitely was kind of surprised by the amount of Braves fans that were there. Mm-hmm. And like you said, at the Ryman, there were guys to our right who were watching the game on their phone. One guy, I think, just sat down the whole time saying every word to Jason Isabel, but uh-huh. watch the game. And then there's a guy in front of us who – would hear a song, stand up, you'd hear, yes, yes, this is so good. This dude's like 6'8". I'm like, sit down. Can't see Jason. <laughs> yeah. And I also want to watch the game on your wife's phone because I was able to see over your shoulder, and now I can't. So it was like kind of best of both worlds getting to see the fans, realize they're punched to take it to the World Series, and then experience a concert I like was, Jason Isbell. At the I Ryman. would say, I don't hate on, like, I know that there are probably people who are like, man, put your phone down and enjoy what you're watching. Yeah. But if you're a Braves fan, enjoy both. Yeah. Because it is, it's special to see them make it back to the World Series for, you know, the first time in like 25 years or something yeah. like that. Uh, that's a cool uh, situation. So if you want to sit down at a concert and you want to pull up YouTube TV and watch the game as well, I have no problems yep. with it at all. You paid your money. Like, Just at it, least angle it to where I could see it, too. I was going <laughs> to say, but it wasn't even, like, distracting when they were watching. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, I know that you're watching it, but it's it's fine. It's not, like, bothering me. It's not like they had the sound up or, mm-hmm. like, holding it up in front of everyone's face. It was, like, <laughs> yeah. it was discreetly in their lap. Yep. So, it, it was fine. I, I'm not hating on it at all. I am also excited to see the Braves back in the World Series for the first time since I was a child. I was rooting for them at the time. They've always been my NL team. 
I feel like a lot of people are rooting for the Braves over the Astros. The Astros are still very good. And I know a lot of people like to shit on them for the scandal and claim that they weren't very good. That's a good baseball team. I mean, they're back in the World Series, and I don't think that there was any cheating going on this year. But I also know the majority of people were Braves fans. Yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day with the map. And it was the United States, and it was all in blue. It was like, this is the map of World Series fans. All blue, and then a little asterisk in the Houston area that was orange. Like, that's where the asterisk was. <laughs> I, I think that's true. Uh, yeah. Not very many people are going to be pulling for Houston tonight. I am kind of over the the shit-talking of the Astros, too. Like, they cheated, but it's I almost compare it to you know the steroid era. It's not like Barry Bonds was the only one cheating. Yeah. It's not like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were the only ones cheating. A lot of people were. They were just doing it while being better than everyone else. I think the thing that I'm irritated with the Astros still about is the fact that they were using, like, electronic patches. Like, that's where I feel like, okay, that's too far. If you're doing the sign stealing, that's honestly just props to you on being able to figure that out. Because, like, that's kind of a code. And then once you figure out the code, it's like, boom, we got it. Like, that's, like, if you can't stop, like, you know what I mean? If you don't like it, stop it. Right. Well, at the same time, like, I guess it's cheating. But, I mean, we've been doing trying to steal signs since we were in Little League. Like, okay, pay attention to the coach. Notice if there's anything that they're doing. I mean, that's how I was taught anyways. In baseball, it's like, pay attention to the coach, opposing coaches. If he taps here or there and then a the player responds mm-hmm. to it, try and figure out what that rhythm is and go yeah. from there. What in are the MLB, calls? Yeah. You do it in football, too. Exactly. Uh, you know, the play call sheet or, you know, the big, like, poster board looking things that people hold up. It's like, all right. Try to figure out what that means. Yep. If we can figure it out by halftime, like, we'll be good. Yep. And so it does. It, it happens. It's, it's kind of part of the game. I do agree with you, though. Like, they probably took it a little too far. Yeah, using, they hit like, the next level. Yeah, yeah, using, like, potentially using buzzers or using the, the broadcast on TV to be like, oh, we saw the sign, uh, you know, off speed, bang the trash can or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that's probably a little bit too much. But I do think that. They were still a very good team that people probably forget about that. Mm-hmm. Like Jose Altuve, say what you want about him, he's one of the best second basemen in the league. Uh, fucking Correa at shortstop, pretty good. Bregman at third, make up one of the best infields in all of baseball. They've got a solid like, pitching staff too. That's the great thing about baseball is you can't just be good hitters. You have to have very good pitching as well. Yep. They weren't tipping pitches or using buzzers for, you know, that part of the game. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were using spider tack. But, again, <laughs> everyone was. Yeah. But it's we're going to hate on this one team that they used it. I'm also not going to tell people that they can't be mad at them. Because if you're a Dodgers fan, yeah, you're, you're fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. But we all – it's like kind of the same thing with the NFL or any other sports. Like, we all love a villain. Someone's got to be the villain. Uh-huh. Like, you've got to have the good guys. You have to have the bad guys. Once you find the bad guy, that's where storylines come from. Mm-hmm. And you get it with the Astros. Now, well, guess what? Fucking bad guys are doing a good. It's And it's crazy in sports how you'll get the team that, like, they come up as an underdog, but eventually turn into the villain. Yep. You either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly. Uh, great movie. Where is she? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I am I'm rooting for the Braves in this one. I did see that the Astros are the favorites to win, which does make sense. Uh, I like the Braves' chances. I this is a destiny year. I don't have like any big baseball insight. I this is just a gut feeling. Yeah, that I. Who's think your this, MVP of the Braves if they win? I think it's gonna be Freddie Freeman. I agree. With you I, I think that he'll come up with 
if he comes up with one big time hit, he's going to win the MVP. <laughs> yeah. Just because he's so likable. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he does a little bit of it's like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It's like, oh, well, well, he did have a touchdown. We should probably <laughs> let him win the MVP. Even though, like, yeah, the running back kind of had more big Damian plays. Damian Williams, like, sealed the fucking game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I think that's the way that it's going to be. Unless, like, a pitcher comes out and, like, throws a no-hitter or, like, gets two or three wins somehow. Uh, I think that that's Freddie Freeman's award to win or to lose if the Braves win. But on the Astros side of things, there's so many different players that could. Yeah. I think that, you know, it might actually be difficult for Jose Altuve to win the MVP because of the the scandal before. Like, Manfred's he is just the betting favorite. Mm-hmm. And I think voters, too. Uh, uh, I don't know who votes on World Series MVP, but I do think a lot of them would still look at Jose Altuve and be like, yeah, we're not going to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Which does, it also kind of sucks because like if he earns it, let him have it. Yeah. But I, I do think with Altuve, he's probably going to have to do something pretty special. Like, if it's a tie, if they're like, yeah, Bregman played pretty well and Altuve played well, they're giving it to Bregman or Correa, who somehow, like, doesn't take a lot of the bulk of the hate. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, like, just a douchebag. Yeah. He actually might actually be a nice guy. Yeah, he might be. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Comes off as a douche, though. I will say, though, like, if I were in that situation, everybody talks about, like, integrity of the game and shit. I'm not ignoring people banging on a trash can. Yeah. I'm also not going to be the guy that's like, hey, stop doing that. We want to win the game the right way. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the home run. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I am excited to watch October baseball. Been getting into the playoffs. NBA happening now. I, I was in it for night one. I haven't really been in it since. Yeah, it's just it is what it is. I also feel like I'm just I'm getting back in the swing of things coming. Bulls, of, sorry, Bulls are undefeated for the first time since like '95, '96. I think I said that is something I'm excited about watching. They've actually looked really good. Like, it's, can they sustain it? Alex Crusoe, baby, the White Mike. Yeah, <laughs> uh, gonna lead the Bulls back to. Yeah, Demar Derozan's looked good. He was a solid addition too. He, I feel like I kind of forgot about it. Like mm-hmm. we always focused on like. Ball Alex being there. Caruso and Caruso, <laughs> and then like okay, now you still have mm-hmm. um, son of a gun, Kobe White, and then gosh dang it, who's the other guy that they just added to? There's a player that's just slipping. I mean, one. Zach Levine. I was gonna say Levine, you haven't mentioned me. Zach Levine at yeah. all. Is that the one? That's it is <laughs> the one. Like the superstar, the freaking team? dunker. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but he's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. I I do like the Bulls too. They're kind of like the Braves for me, where I just find myself kind of rooting for them in the back of my mind. Yeah. I'm not keeping track of what they're doing on, like, night in, night out. But if they're good, it's I'll like, root for them. Oh, yeah. Like, with the Bulls, I would probably root for the Bulls against just about anyone. I would, too, except for the Heat. Any any, any team. Yeah. Over the uh, Lakers. Speaking of Nets. that, Mr. Mr. Drip, Tyler Hero. You looking too shabby, my guy. I have not watched a single second of him playing. This I year. haven't either, but I've seen the stats. <laughs> but I have watched. I mean, I'm gonna him. be honest about it. Like, I'm gonna sit here and talk about it, but I'm gonna be honest. I've not watched a lick of basketball this year. It's hard to watch a regular season basketball game. It is, but so I'll look at the stats and see like what happened. Like Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James played really well the other night. Like Carmelo Anthony, do you have? I think it was like seven for nine on threes. Mm-hmm. Got a tremendous like game. Off the yeah. bench. Good for him. Yeah, I didn't watch a second of it, though. Didn't either. I saw a couple highlights, but that was about it. Even, the like, the great matchups. Night one was different. 
it's kind of its own thing. But when you start getting into regular season matchups, like even if it's the Warriors and the Lakers playing, ah, we'll see. Hey, we'll <laughs> see what else I got going on. Like right now, I don't care about Jazz and Portland playing right now. No. It's like, pff, cool. After Christmas. Yep. Then maybe I it will be. Man, I'm going to be like honest. A, I'm about at the All-Star game. It's like maybe yeah. a couple weeks before the All-Star game, I'm like, who are the All-Stars? Okay, cool. Now I'm really paying attention to basketball. Like we say Christmas, like that's when I think we all recognize basketball is officially in full swing is mm-hmm. Christmas. But like All-Star break is when I feel like basketball gets good and I can find myself watching It's just it. such a long season. Yeah. It's so like more than half of their teams make the playoffs. Yes. So how important is the regular season, really? Now if they start putting those in-season tournaments – Sign me up for yeah, that. I love the way that the NBA and Adam Silver are like, hey, we need to shake it up here. And then, like, being willing to do it and actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting some of the players' support, too. Like, even the play-in game yeah. tournament or whatever you want to call it. I thought it was cool. I, I want them to keep that. Yeah. I'm all about mixing they it They are, up. aren't they? Like, the whole, like, you got to play for the last I two seeds. I think so. I mean, they did it last year. I think they're yeah. doing it again this year. But I, I haven't really looked into it yet. But I'm about that. Too. I like it. <laughs> I'm uh, about that life. Even the, like the All Star stuff. Being like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna pick teams. Mm-hmm. It, it was like 15 seconds, and I watched it. It's like, all right, you've got me. You've <laughs> got a viewer because I yep. want to see what happens. And you guys like LeBron running his mouth last year about the Jazz. Mm-hmm. LeBron and I are very similar in that. that. Like I also I understood what he was talking about. Yeah. As soon as he said, it, I was like, no, people my age. The Jazz have always kind of had this stigma. We were all rooting for the Bulls. <laughs> he is 100% accurate when he said that. I know that like maybe you don't want the star of the NBA calling out a specific team and being like, no, no one was rooting for them. I still don't like them. But it's true. Yeah. I, just, I always hated the Jazz. I hated their uniforms. I hated Carl Malone. Uh, John Stockton is John Stockton. Uh, now <laughs> I do like Donovan Mitchell a lot, though. Uh-huh. But it's still hard for me to root for them. Over any other team. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yep. I I say, like, damn, like, oh, man, I'm supporting them. I'm really not. It's, there's kind of one of those teams where storylines are like, eh, I want them to be good, but, like, I'm not going to invest a lot of time or hope and any type of emotion into it. Yeah. It's like, if they're good, that's awesome, good for them. We'd like to see them maybe finally get a championship. Yeah. I feel like the gap between, like, people your age and my age and basketball is huge. Yeah. So we're like pre two thousands basketball was a its own little era. Like nineties basketball, people yeah. always talk about. It. But I mean, like right then, like for me, like that was Kobe and Shaq, the mm-hmm. end of Michael Jordan coming back at retirement again to play for the Wizards. But like people my age, all of us were Jordan fans. Yeah, we're all Bulls fans. Yep. I don't know that there's ever been a time in sports where it was like that, to where everyone was, oh my God, this is Michael Jordan. We're right all now fans. with LeBron James. I don't think it is because he has so many haters. Yeah. It, so many people that's, of my age, they're like, no, he'll never be on Jordan's level. Do you think that's due to social media is because people can put the negatives out there? Like I don't Michael, because so, he hasn't done anything negative like off the court. He's a wonderful person. Yeah. I'm, how do I want to – like I haven't made up my mind. I'm trying to have a hard time – having, excuse me, a hard time kind of putting it out there. Because like with Michael, it was – there was no social media, so he you didn't get to you didn't get an overload from anything. Like you got like the well, nightly news and highlight reels from like Jordan, sports center and stuff. Like he was like the first person where it was like, oh my god, all the focus is on him mm-hmm. through TV, not social media. Yeah, because he was on every commercial. He was doing so much with 
interviews and like Team USA being like, all right, we're going to market this. So Jordan was like thrown right in your face, mm-hmm. and which maybe like honestly, this might be like blasphemy, might have overrated him a little bit because he was marketed better than I think any athlete we've ever seen. Yeah. He was in like the first one of, okay, if we put this guy in our shoes, people are going to buy these shoes. Mm-hmm. If he's drinking a Gatorade, I'm drinking a Gatorade. And with LeBron, it was like we already had that. We already saw it. With yeah, Jordan. that makes a lot of sense. It, LeBron does need a lot of credit, like back to the Tom Brady thing. What he's doing is special, and mm-hmm. for him to still be doing it at this like on level and off and the age. court, like in not taking that away from Tom Brady because he's done a lot of cool things off the field as well. Mm-hmm. But like LeBron James, like to start a school or to like Jordan, pretty sketchy <laughs> off the court, pretty sketchy. Yeah. I mean, just look at the way that he treated people in the arena. <laughs> I don't remember which sketch comedy did it, like if it was Saturday Night Live or whatever, of like Jordan continuing to take money from like the security guards. <laughs> and eventually it ends up to where the guy, like the security guard is like, oh, but bet my wife. And Jordan's like, yep, I'll take it. You don't have any more money? Let's go. But I mean, he was you know, taking money from them. There's obviously... The, the conspiracy theories about Jordan, which I think are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love a good conspiracy theory. It's probably not true. It made me think about it. Yeah. A little bit. It, you know, a lot of players don't like Michael Jordan. I've never heard a player other than Paul Pierce shit on LeBron James. Yeah. Paul Pierce, though, he can just freaking. I'm not a Paul Pierce fan. He can pick one. That's, yeah. I'll just say, I'm not going to say that since again, but he's that type of situation. I mean, you shit your pants and had to be wheelchaired out. People don't forget. No, I don't. I, I just can't stand the guy. Like, I he's like one of those Kansas. guys who was good at basketball, and I was just like, this fucker's good at basketball. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, If I were to meet him, I'd be like, what's up? And then I would leave. I wouldn't be sitting there having like a conversation with Paul Pierce. I wouldn't introduce myself. I wouldn't either. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'd just be like, what's up? And I'd at least say, like, I said hi to Paul Pierce. That's I it. wouldn't even do that. I, you've seen me run into people before that are famous. I will not. Not only will I not go out of my way Man. to talk to you, I'm going to stand outside of the group that's talking to you. And the best part is, I didn't realize it in the moment. Afterwards, everyone was like, "Man, da 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 da," and you're like, "I don't fucking care." I cannot say that I've met Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> but I know a lot of people who have. <laughs> and I am one of those people who shook his hand, introduced, and then realized he's got a wonky eye. <laughs> he's got a really cool agent, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's just really cool. <laughs> yeah, met him. Super nice <laughs> you guy. You did shake his fucking hand. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I did. He's oh awesome. Oh, my he's God. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like him. He's always been very nice to me. That was um, a hell of a trip. <laughs> I have not met Cliff Kingsbury, though, and will never meet Paul Pierce. There's like a whole list of people. Sorry, just not going out of my way. It's not what I do. Not what I do. I don't blame you. <laughs> All right. That's it for us today. Don't forget about our great sponsors here at the end of the show. Like I mentioned, a lot of our great local sponsors, also good dudes. And that starts with Roper Kia. Go visit them. Tell Mike Up sent you. They will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. If you're not in the Joplin area, uh, it's worth the trip. They will find whatever vehicle you're looking for. You can get online. Go to roperkia.com. Again, tell them what you're looking for. They will help you find it. And if you mention us at Mic'd Up, they'll give you $1,000 off your new car. And our great friends, a national sponsor at Manscaped. Uh, I know that we just came off of a vacation. Mm -hmm. I was very happy to have my Manscaped trimmer keeping me ready to go 
in all situations. Yep. So definitely upgrade yours. She's got a freaking flashlight. Waterproof. Yep. Uh, it makes cleanup so much easier because you know that is like the worst part of trimming. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And if you have, I've had Manscaped now for a couple of years. You don't have to worry about the nicks and cuts because that used to be nerve wracking. I hey, I'll be honest. I tested it last night. Be like, <laughs> can I nick myself? No, I you didn't. Couldn't, couldn't do it. <laughs> Unnickable uh-huh. and uh, waterproof as well. Yep. I'm a shower trimmer. Yep. And, and again, I mentioned the flashlight. The flashlight is slow. Is so clutch. I never knew I needed it until I had it. Exactly. That's the thing. I didn't realize how dark there it was. There are parts in the of shower. my body I had never seen before Manscaped. <laughs> Now, I've got them all and trimmed up. Use code MIKEDUP20 at manscaped.com to save 20% off. 